When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. What amazing thing was Albert Einstein asked to do in 1952? Did you know that German chocolate cake isn't really German? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet to find information you really don't need. So join us on our journey as we find out more useless information on this episode of Totally Useless information it's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week you get smarter than you think the totally useless information podcast hosted by nick and roy well hello there and welcome to yet another episode of the totally useless information podcast you want to get it going let's go where Expressions come from. I don't know where. I don't know where. Where expressions come from. We want to know right now. Those are the totally useless information singers who sang that jingle. <laughs> so these are expressions. These are things that you hear every day. And yes, you want to know what they're all about. So Roy, why don't you kick it off? What do you got? Well, I've got go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. We've all heard that expression. It came from old time Rome when Roman soldiers, there was a law that Roman soldiers could get people, average everyday citizens walking the streets, to carry their packs or their weapons for at least one mile. It was the law. They didn't even have to ask. They had to say, just here, take this and follow me. And they would have to carry it for one mile. And Jesus in Matthew 5:41 said if you're asked to go a mile go 2 miles so go the extra mile and as the other expression goes when in rome ah <laughs> so if you're undergoing a battery of tests a battery of tests battery the word battery comes from the middle french word meaning bombardment or assault this is most likely used when you hear battery of questions or battery of tests when you're at the hospital or something, and it implies that one has bombarded one with many questions or tests. Battery of test is en français. Mm, pretty cool, pretty cool. How about mm -hmm. this one? We've all heard of nicknames. People have nicknames. But where did the term nickname come from? Well, you know it's Nick is my name. I... I know. Is it your nickname or your real name? Let's find out. <laughs> it is actually nickname is actually a corruption of the word ek. Ek. And ek meant alternative. So in the old world language, people would say, is that your real name or your ek name? And then ek got corrupted as years went by when, when, and the word ek was not used. 
it became nickname. It also sounds like someone has the hiccups. Is that your ek name? <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is a red herring? It's really designed to divert attention from something. Who look over there. Red herrings turn reddish brown when they're smoked. And long before refrigerators were invented, this was done to preserve the fish for months at a time. But they were also, well, pretty smelly. So it was believed that the red herring was dragged against the ground to help train hounds to sniff out the prey. Escaped prisoners, however, used the fish to cover their tracks and confuse the dogs that trailed them. So the expression red herring to divert something came from when prisoners tried to divert the, the scent of the hound as they escaped prison. For those people listening, number one, on YouTube, subscribe right now. Number two, herring's not the only thing that Nick is smoking. <laughs> you know what? I think you're a lily-livered liv <laughs> person. Lily-livered, meaning a coward. Okay? Yes. <laughs> but lily-livered was actually a, a term derived from people thinking that passion and courage came from your liver as like uh, your heart was love comes from the heart well they thought passion and courage came from the liver they also thought that the liver was believed to be red from blood and of course functioning properly it would be red but if it wasn't functioning properly and you were a coward it would be white and that would be lily white so you were a lily livered person that was wonderful. That's almost a tongue twister. Are you a lily livered? A, what is it? Lily? <laughs> lily yeah. white livered. Are you living lily livered? <laughs> if you're filthy rich, the expression, that person is filthy rich. It came from the term filthy lucre, like think lucrative. And money back then was known in slang as the filthy. And it wasn't a great leap. It became filthy rich. So from filthy lucre to filthy rich, and this was used firstly as a noun phrase meaning rich people who have become so by dishonorable means. Wow, now see, that's a cool one. My dad used to say, pay on the nail head or pay on the nail. I, I, I never knew what it meant, but I've heard it. People say pay on the nail. Well, in the Middle Ages, the tops of the columns in the marketplaces were where they would use them as counters, display the, the wares that they were selling, or they would do deals on top of those columns. They were called nails. And so when people would purchase something, they were asked to lay their money out on top of the column or the nail. So they were asked to pay on the nail. Mm. When someone says something tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek, this Ooh. phrase is a literal reference to the facial expression created when putting one's tongue in one's cheek. It also includes a wink to signify that what's being said is not to be taken seriously, very much like the Totally Useless Information podcast. Don't take us seriously, and we'll say that tongue-in-cheek. Oh, people take us seriously all the time. That's what makes the world such a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> Expressions come from I don't know where, I don't know where Where Expressions come from We want to know right now Totally Useless Information Podcast is who we are Coming up soon, later on in this podcast We'll talk about food 
and animals. A lot of people love to hear facts about animals. And uh, I have a fun fact for you. So the infamous drug lord, Pablo Escobar, he had so much extra cash lying around. Talk about filthy rich. He lost an astounding $2.1 billion. Okay, he had that much cash laying around, $2.1 billion. He lost it to rats. Wow. And because he didn't want to keep his money in the bank, he stored them in a warehouse where the rats, with real expensive taste, fested on 10% of his savings every year because rats love to eat paper. It's justice. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You it's dirty rats. <laughs> you dirty rats, yes. <laughs> hey, one of my favorite subjects in school was science. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing in science, science, science. Yes. Science, science. What do you got for me in the in the Department of Science, sir? Well, I tell you, this one was my teaser, and I will lay it on you right now. What in 1952 was Albert Einstein asked to do? Now, this is a really good one, because I, when I saw this, I was amazed. In 1952, the president of Israel died, and the people of Israel asked Albert Einstein if he would become the interim president and fill out the rest of that president's term. And then they wanted him, of course, to run for president of Israel as well. So Albert Einstein, the most famous physicist in the world, that's how we know him, Adam, so on, in theory of um, E equals MC square. But the, the reality is he was also asked to be the president of a country in 1952. I mean, that's so cool. And he said no. He actually turned it down. Yes, he turned it oh. down. Hey, if you have slugs in your garden... Here's a quick way to get rid of them. If you bury some pennies in the garden, which, by the way, in Canada, we don't have pennies anymore. They stopped making pennies. So, um, so we might have to come down to the States to import some pennies. When you put pennies in the garden, the slugs will get an electrical shock and kill them. It's because they're touching copper and zinc, and that chemical reaction causes them to be zapped, and they're gone. No more slugs in your garden. Unbelievable. See, that's real science, folks, and I think that requires you, because it's helpful, Nick, to hit the buzzer. Totally useful information buzzer. Every time, every time you hear something useful on this show, which is very odd, you'll hear that, which you don't hear much. See, that was useful. <laughs> okay, listen to this one. This one's out there for all you tree-hugging hippies. Okay, and they all tell us, you know, plastic, we don't want plastic in the landfills and don't want plastic in the water and it's plastic and they don't even want plastic straws in the United States anymore. That's another story. Okay, plastic takes 450 years to decompose. That is a very long time, 450 years. So the, the hippie-loving tree huggers... They want you to use glass instead of plastic. Well, I got news for you, tree huggers. It takes 4,000 years for glass to decompose. So now we're going to have a world filled with dirty glass all over the place. And glass yeah. will cut. And the plastic didn't, doesn't cut you when you step on it. 
<laughs> no, exactly. See? There you go. What did you call them? You tree hugging hippies? Please, <laughs> Here's the thing. So what if you put a plastic straw in a glass bottle and throw it away? What happens? You're arrested in in California. <laughs> <laughs> What's your crime? I use plastic in a glass bottle. Uh fireflies, you have fireflies down there in Florida, don't you? They're pretty, aren't they? Beautiful. <laughs> Their bellies just light up. They glow. Actually, they're called um, fireflies, but they have photocytes or light cells in their tummies, and that's where the glow is produced. Now, the main idea of the fireflies' light show is to attract a mate. They didn't have Tinder. They didn't have like plenty of fish. They have they have a website called Plenty of Fireflies. The males mm-hmm. fly around while turning on their lights on and off, like flashing them, hoping to get the attention of a flightless female who's laying low in low vegetation. So she's kind of hanging out, and he's flashing his belly. And they flash very quickly because this is what attracts the females. So Plenty of Fireflies website is where they get mates. Now, stay tuned because in the animal segment, I'll have more on the fabulous fireflies. I can't wait. I'm sure that people now have locked their stations in to listen to this <laughs> and their bellies are glowing with excitement yeah well well while you're waiting to hear about the fireflies here's a little science disgusting stuff which i love okay mm-hmm. you know we we know it's it's also animals but it's science okay did you know that lobsters what we all love and pay a lot of money to eat they mm-hmm. pee they pee or urinate from their face. Okay? So when a lobster's pissed off, don't look him in the face because he's for real. Now, listen, wait a second. It gets worse. Listen, okay, go ahead. It gets worse. It gets worse. Turtles can breathe from their anuses, from their asses. The turtles actually breathe from their buttocks. That's nowhere I want to be breathing from. No, exactly. And you know what? I would not want to give mouth-to-tail resuscitation. No. No, it's terrible. It's really, it's horrible. So is it, so then what you're saying is you can call a lobster a piss face. Yes, or a turtle. You could say, did you fart? And he says, yes, I taste it. It's horrible. <laughs> it is. So those of you who, are, who were having, were having t- turtle soup and lobster for dinner, think again. Hey, airplanes, if you look up at the airplanes up in the sky, if you notice, most of the planes are painted white or really bright colors. And there's a scientific reason for that, actually several. First of all, it reflects sunlight. This is quite crucial. When sunlight is absorbed by the aircraft, it heats up the body of the plane. It doesn't fade because if you colored the aircraft, if you painted it a darker color, over time it would fade. And then you'd have to repaint it and adding paint adds more weight to the plane, and that means more fuel is burned, and of course it costs more money. And most importantly, it reduces bird strikes, because darker aircraft color schemes could possibly reduce the contrast between the aircraft and the visual background, because the birds with the bird brains that they have can't tell the difference, and so it will, having a brighter colored airplane will reduce the ability of birds. Oh, there you go. There's there's a bird right now. Yeah, <laughs> a little birdie was trying to call me. <laughs> Even though I said I'm on the air. 
<laughs> anyway, so three different reasons why airplanes are painted white. Reflects sunlight, doesn't fade, and reduces bird strikes. See, that's cool because that is just plain science. Also, let, let me let me tell you something else, too, which I found very strange. Actual pure gold that's found in the ground. Okay, if you were to pick up a pure lump of gold, it's soft. It's so soft that you could actually manipulate and mold that gold with your bare hands. Now, that I found strange. I mean, you could actually bend gold with your bare hands. Tonic water. If you put tonic water under black light, it will shine bright blue. It's not magic. It's science. It's because it contains quinine, which reacts to the light, and it turns blue. That is cool. Just when you thought you learned lots of stuff in science, you learned more on the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. We'll have more of the Totally Useless Information podcast right after this message of an important podcast coming soon. On Monday, November 11th, Nick and Roy of the Totally Useless Information podcast will set aside their comedy to air a very special podcast dedicated to the memory of fallen soldiers of both the United States and Canada. The November 11th special podcast will feature Nick and Roy getting totally serious as they discuss fascinating facts about the armed forces in Canada and the United States, discover the real stories behind the national anthems of both countries, and the differences between the terms half-mast and half-staff. The podcast will enlighten you as Nick and Roy pay tribute to the young men and women who served their country and continue to serve to this day. It is also a tribute to those who made the ultimate sacrifice on the battlefield. It's the November 11th special podcast with Nick and Roy, Monday, November 11th, available on all your favorite podcast platforms and on the Nick and Roy channel on YouTube. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Hey, look, look what I have here. Let me open this up. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? So what's in the mailbag? This is a segment where we actually um, we, we go into the emails that people send us. And we love when you send us emails. Thank you so much, and we appreciate it. And we do love the feedback. And and from time to time, people send us stuff that really stumps us. This was a good one. This is Lou from Texas. And Lou writes, is the Earth 4 billion years old? And Lou, I'm going to tell you, this is a toughie. And sometimes science is ridiculous because it's not really that scientific. But the actual assumption is that the Earth is 4 to 5 billion years old now four to five give or take a billion or so (laughs) how ridiculous is that i cannot get a definitive answer if it's four or five billion years old that is the scientific survey it's four or five billion years old so there's your answer as i look at it i don't think it looks a day over two and a half billion got an email from Harry. Harry from New York City, our old stomping grounds. So Roy and I have been best friends for over 40 years. We we uh, we grew up in New York. Not that we grew up. 
But uh, I moved to Toronto, Canada in 1990. Roy moved down to Florida in uh, 2001, I believe. Yes. And so we're 1,500 miles apart. So Harry from New York City, our old stopping grounds, he says, I heard your episode where you talked about woodpeckers and how many times they peck into trees. I love all kinds of birds and love the sounds that they make. I love hearing all bird sounds. Thanks, Harry. His question is, do woodpeckers have a sound? So I looked it up and I scoured the internet, as you know that we do. People think of woodpeckers as one of the noisiest birds around because of the loud pecking. But woodpeckers actually have no vocal cords. They cannot communicate or even make a sound in any other way other than pecking. So, Harry from New York City, no, woodpeckers do not have a sound. They do not have any vocal cords. I'm sorry. So you can just listen to them peck, peck, peck away. Thank you, Harry. Wow. See? Harry, you got your answer. That's right. So, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry. We're hungry for totally useless food facts. Hey, everybody. Come and get it. Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Totally useless information podcast. That lady has a little too much oat bran in her diet, I think, or not enough. I'm not sure. I can't tell you how many emails we get about that. <laughs> so my and teaser. To, was, wait a second. Wait one second. And to Bob, Bob in Wisconsin, no, she's not single. <laughs> yeah. Someone actually married her. <laughs> so my uh, my teaser was, uh, and I don't know the guy. A German chocolate cake was not. It is not German. Dun dun dun. Its oh. roots can be can be traced back to 1852. It was an American baker mm. by the name of Samuel German. Samuel mm. German developed a, a type of dark baking chocolate for the company he worked for, Baker's Chocolate Company. And the brand name of the product, Baker's German Sweet Chocolate, was named in honor of him. It was Baker's German Sweet Chocolate. Well, blow and behold, in 1957, Mrs. George Clay who loved to bake cakes. She wrote a recipe of the day in the Dallas Morning News. It was created by her, and she said that the cake would become a national staple, and it did. She was absolutely right. German chocolate cake was what it was called, and of course, it has nothing to do with Germany. It has to do with the original baker, Samuel German. Well, now I'm happy because we could say that's an American uh, cake. That's right, by a guy yeah. named German. And sell it to you Canadians. Listen, the most <laughs> the most expensive fruit on record, okay, the most expensive fruit on record is a Japanese cantaloupe called the Yubari, Y-U-B-A-R-I, the Yubari fruit. Two of them were sold at auction for 23500 American dollars. That's some expensive fruit. That's a lot of melon. You better believe it. And of course, after they spent that money, that much money, they felt melancholy. Yeah, and there's something sexy about melons being sold in pairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snickers, the great Snickers candy bar, was invented by Frank Mars. 
He invented the Snickers chocolate bar, and he named it Snickers. You know how he got that name? His favorite horse's name was Snickers. So he named the chocolate bar, which contains, on average, 16 peanuts. So if you think about it, 16 peanuts per chocolate bar, do the math, 100 tons of peanuts go into making 15 million Snickers bars every day. So Frank Mars, thank you for the Snickers bar, and thanks to the horse that was named after. You know, this morning I woke up and was feeling a little blue and melancholy. Mm-hmm. So I ate a banana. <laughs> and I'm feeling I'm feeling so good now. Hold hold on. I thought you were going to go into well, I woke up this morning, I was feeling a little melancholy, so I had a Snickers bar. No. No hell no. Hell no, yeah. I would never do that. If I'm feeling blue and melancholy, the first thing I go for is a bushel of bananas because Get ready, folks. Bananas help fight depression. There is a well. I I, I know that bananas are high in, in plenty of different vitamins and and so on. But there is chemicals, phytochemicals in bananas that will help fight depression. Do not go off your medications that you're prescribed and go to the store and buy three thousand bananas because a you probably it probably won't work, and B, you'll be bound up for days. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm prescribing you a loaf of banana nut bread. <laughs> feel good. Mm. Worcestershire sauce is made from <laughs> dissolved fish. Yes. The world-renowned English sauce is made with liquefied anchovies. They are soaked until they're totally melted down. That includes bones and all and vinegar. Worcestershire sauce is dissolved fish. Did you know, and I'm going to tell you this, and I know that you you don't know this, but Worcestershire sauce was originally invented as a sauce to go over meat for a king that was visiting the town of Worcestershire. The king came, ate the meat, and said, that is the worst sauce I've ever tasted in my life. So the rest of it was placed in a barrel and put in the basement. It was able to ferment for many weeks. And somebody went downstairs and said, what the hell is in the barrel? Stuck their finger in it, tasted it, and said, ooh, that's delicious. It had fermented, which gave a chance for the anchovies to ferment. So there you go. There's another little fun fact about Worcestershire. And I got one more. One more. Pineapples that we know and love. We love pineapples. I love those golden ones. They're delicious. Pineapples contain bromulin. Well, you know what bromulin does? It instantly kills your taste buds. That's why when you taste fresh pineapple sometimes, you have that little stinging in your mouth. Well, that's the bromulin killing off your taste buds. Of course, your taste buds grow right back and it doesn't leave a lasting effect. But pineapple kills your taste buds. And because you can't taste anything, you get depressed and then you eat a banana. Oh, sure. <laughs> So we've all uh, – we love popcorn. You love popcorn? I'm popping it right now. The um, the popcorn – I mean, people used to make popcorn over a stovetop until the, the invention of the microwave. And then someone said, hey, let's microwave some popcorn. So the first food ever to be microwaved was popcorn. Cool. The second food that was ever put in the microwave was an egg. And it exploded in the face of the experimenter. So the moral of the story is popcorn, yes. Egg, no. Now, see, that just proves that scientists 
are really not smart. Remember the episode uh, on a previous episode where the guy invented the microwave was a scientist who walked by it with a chocolate bar in his pocket and it melted all over. His... I mean, this is what we're dealing with, folks. People putting eggs in microwaves. And it well, listen, thank God it was a chocolate bar in his pocket and not an egg. <laughs> the kitchen is now closed. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon! On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, thank you for joining us week after week. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And Nick, how do they get in touch with us? Email us, TUI Podcast, TUI, which stands for Totally Useless Information Podcast at Outlook.com. And if you go to YouTube, Go to the Nick and Roy channel, and you subscribe, and every time we upload an episode, which is every week, you'll get a notification. Here's a fun fact for you. Do you like fast food? I I do not. I try to stay away from it, although I do love it. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. If you're a fast food junkie, be aware. The average person will consume 12 pubic hairs in their fast food every year. Oh, yummy. So the moral of that story is stay away from the curly fries. Animal, 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 crazy animal. I'm the Totally Useless Information Podcast. So, yes, uh, we apologize for the preceding fun fact. That's disgusting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so animals is one of the most popular useless information category. A lot of people have asked us all about animals. Animals are fun. Unless you are in the midst of the grip of the jaw of a crocodile. Mm. That would kind of suck because you're in the grip of the crocodile's jaw. Here is a way for you to get out of the grip of the jaw. Simply push your thumb into its eyes, and it will let go right away. In fact, that's useful information. <laughs> and let's do the disclaimer. Kids, don't do this at home. Try your best to stay away from the crocodiles, and then you don't have to worry about sticking fingers in any eyes. Did you know that gorillas can actually catch the same exact colds as humans? Gesundheit. Yes, I was in Walgreens today, and I uh, noticed they're giving away the free flu shots, and there was a few gorillas online because gorillas can catch. <laughs> Actually, it is a true statement. Gorillas can catch human colds. Oh, so them standing in line was not a true statement? No, come on now. <laughs> well, it was just a couple of really hairy people in line. Oh, my God. A group of owls. Not one, not two. A group Ooh. of owls. Who? Who? <laughs> yes. You can, uh, moms and dads out there, you can play this podcast to your young ones at story time when they go to bed because we also do animal sounds. Who? A group of owls is called a parliament. That is cool. So hold on. So it, it depends on, on, uh, on your jurisdiction and if you really are a fan of your representative. There are who's who. Of who's representing you in parliament those in america that don't understand what he's talking about it's fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only mammals get this one 
that undergo menopause are human women and some men that I know. <laughs> human women, elephants, and humpback whales. Now let's take a visual of this. Elephants, humpback whales, and women. Sounds to me like a New York bar at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> peacocks. You know peacocks. They have the beautiful, beautiful uh, display of feathers. The word peacock does not apply to both male and females. They each have their own names. The peacock is only for males, while the females are called peahens. Peacocks for males and peahens for women. Really? Well, I got this for you then. Male rabbits are called bucks, just like a uh, deer would be called a buck, the male deer. What do you think female rabbits are called? Does, just like the deer. So it really wrecks the song, Doe a Deer. Because, I mean, really, it'd be like, Doe, a rabbit, a female rabbit, okay, they didn't even take that into consideration because the morons, Rogers and Hammerstein, that made that song didn't listen to totally useless information. That's right. And that's what you should do every week. Animal, 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 crazy animal. <laughs> that kitty cat. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Nick and Roy channel on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button. And I think Nick has some really an important announcement for us. Coming up next week, it's our Halloween special. Join us for some goblins and a ghoulish good time. <laughs> well, in the meantime, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big